Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Uh, you guys have been speaking about Hugh Freeze's press conference where he previewed uh, the Georgia game. Uh, also, uh, Ike, you've been doing film review uh, of Texas A&M. I did do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was not fun. I, I had... Cal was hard. This was this was brutal. This was brutal. And you guys talked about matchups. Uh, you guys should definitely check out the morning drop. Uh, definitely been talking about that. How are you guys? I mean, we're gonna talk about the game. We're gonna get into these picks. But how are you guys feeling on Wednesday? How are you guys feeling right now? Uh, I feel like. I feel cautiously optimistic that this team can start to take some steps in the right direction, right? Um, listen, if you're going to lose, l- learn from your mistakes. <laughs> That's how I feel. And I think that this is the part of the process that was eventually going to come. If you listen to what this coach has been saying about talent. So um, talent wasn't the reason they lost on Saturday, in my opinion, but uh uh, I think certainly you learned something about the ide- the identity of your team on Saturday and what direction you need to go to try to be productive the rest of the season. So they looked at the tape. I'm sure they saw some things that they can do well in every aspect, especially offensively. Um, and hopefully you start sorting out who your guys are as well, too. Look, guys, a lot of a hubbub was been made about Shane Hooks. And, you know, you know, coming into this season, and I think that that kid has a ton of talent, but he's got to produce. It's time for guys to start producing, mm. right? And making plays for their team uh, and, and, and their teammates. So uh, that's, where I, that's what I'm hoping to see come together on Saturday is just guys going out and competing hard uh, and not laying down. Like, you know, I get it. Georgia has more talent, but screw those guys. That's actually my exact sentiment. Screw those guys. Screw yeah. those guys. Pause, but yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about like how much talent they have. Yeah, these guys are competitors. I expect them to go out and compete and knock them on their asses on Saturday early. It's been done. Come out, come out angry, you know, about what happened last Saturday and refuse to let history repeat itself the next weekend. I, I, that's the type of effort I want to see. I don't know what's going to produce in terms of outcomes on the field, but if the effort is there and the fire is there and the passion is there, then Auburn has a chance, especially in their own house. Hey, hey, Ike. Mike G turns 40 and he's already used the word hubbub mm. and he used rigmarole. <laughs> mm. 
uh, one of these past lives. I, yeah, yeah. I remember. I tell you, ain't nobody knew how old I was. Hey, man. Oh, so I mean, you know, what I'm saying, why we put this out here tomorrow, baby? I turned forty-two. You know, I'm talking hey, about. Hey, hey, hey! Throw the cash up, man. You guys hit 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 Ike up. Throw the cash yeah. up there for man. Oh yeah, I, I get he, it. He needs some new socks. He definitely needs some new socks. <laughs> I saw it at the last fire size. Socks got holes in them. Oh man! Well, yeah, happy man. early Thank birthday, you. Ike, for sure. <laughs> happy early birthday! We, we wish you uh, an amazing year of of nice, fresh socks. <laughs> Ike, how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm good, man. You know, I'm a little, little under the weather, despite the birthday being tomorrow and everything. But um, listen, I've I've watched the film on Georgia, and there's opportunities that can be had out there, but um. Auburn can't afford to be stagnant. They need to come out the gate with their hair on fire Saturday and, and make Jordan Hare stay alive. Because Jordan Hare is going to be alive at the beginning of this game. People are going to come in there ready to scream and support. Keep them engaged. Keep those fans in there and involved. And make the young players for Georgia realize wow this is it's different this is this is way different right like they've played an sec game but it was a home game it's different on the road so hopefully that crowd will get i mean listen kirby smart's a really good coach let's be clear he's gonna figure out a way to try to be psychologically settling these guys down hey we're gonna go out here we're gonna win this guy all that stuff he's gonna do all of that right take the excitement away from him <laughs> early that's that's what you have you gotta hit him early hit him in the mouth early and make them figure out whatever plan they came in with wasn't the right one. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I told you guys last week, I'm booging every week. I don't care. Every week. We're, we, w until it's not. So whatever. I'm with it. I'm with it. B, real quick before we get into these predictions, how you feeling, man? A few days before we take on Georgia. Where you at? Where's your mental? How you, how you, how you feeling? I don't know. That's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all influence me. I'm... Uh... I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> all right. just uh, here, so all shucks, all yeah. shucks, All not right, quite, well, not, not quite, not quite. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's 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 kind of talk about. Want to talk about the defense versus Georgia's offense in this game? We can start with that. Uh, Ike, you want to bring up the the some of the stats there? You said we want to do it. Which one first? Our defense versus their offense. All right, go for it. So Auburn has Auburn went into last weekend. I think they were giving up what 13 points a game. So that's going up to 16. Georgia is averaging over 40 points a game. What gives here? Now, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but of course, Georgia has been starting slow in games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Auburn's defense has playing better than we probably thought they would going into the season. Yeah. But Auburn is pretty banged up in the secondary or just on their defense, period. Obviously, we know about Austin Keys being out, uh, Keontae Scott, who is out. But DK, Puck, and J.D. Rhyme are all questionable for this weekend, which has to give you a little bit of concerns in the secondary. Who do you expect to step up in the secondary? We saw a little bit of Caleb Wooden uh, last week. Who do you expect to actually step up? Should these guys not suit up and be able to play this weekend. I'll start with you, B. Oh, we, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Caleb Williams back there, you know, I'm again, I, I, maybe we need to have a conversation about knowing exactly who messed what up because Hugh Freeze going to tell you, um, who messed up when, when they weren't supposed to be in the spot they were supposed to be. But this has got to be a growing point for, whoever they put back there. Like, this is going to be some real live reps in a game where the crowd's going to be behind you and their quarterback isn't experienced enough to just go out here and play lights out. You got the opportunity to impact the game, pressure the quarterback, make them nervous. I think we have a a chance to play better than we played at Texas A&M when guys started going down for the simple fact that whoever's questionable in front of you, they would have been questionable for the week of practice. So you get a whole week to practice as number one in this spot. And that's going to pay high dividends for whoever is going to step in here. But for sure, 
wouldn't. I am also going to, I expect Katie Lee to hold down another spot over there. Now, what I didn't see was how much Lee and Pritchett rotated um, who had star responsibilities and who had, uh, excuse me, had, who had nickel responsibilities and who had uh, outside corner responsibilities. That I don't so remember. Th- they were actually rotating Pritchett in to nickel, not necessarily star. Mm-hmm. Um and then Kay and Lee was really getting reps when DJ James went out. So they had DJ okay. James opposite of Pritchett. I mean, excuse me, they had um, Pritchett opposite of Kay and Lee when James was down. Um, but they would sometimes... Well, so it's it's a little mixed because Pritchett was traveling sometimes with a receiver. So he would end up in the slot. Uh, mm-hmm. It wouldn't necessarily start out there. But right. um, I think they were just trying to get more experienced guys out there on the field. Because when Marquise Gilbert came in there, he was looking a little unsure at the safety spot. Wouldn't mm-hmm. played well in and out uh, of that star role. Um, But Terrence Love and um, Sylvester Smith have been the other guys that have been rotating in to play star backer for us. They haven't played it. They didn't play as much during Texas A&M, but they did play some during the Cupcake games. Uh, So we'll see if they continue to get some playing time now that literally DK and um, Keontae are both not going to be available. Um, So we'll see. Yeah, um, I I expect those guys to. All the young guys are going to get playing time, all of them. And if there's there's not just going to be one or two that fill in for DK and Keontae, they're going to rotate guys in. I think those are probably the two worst guys to lose because they're the most versatile guys in our secondary, and that's why that sucks. But listen, these other guys got recruited here to play ball in big games. That's why they came. I think uh, Coach Crime and Coach Ethridge should have them ready. Uh, one of the things that I do want to point out uh, about that's not on this stat is Auburn's defense, third down conversion, ranked twelfth in the nation right now. Uh, only giving up the third, only giving up a first down on twenty eight percent of the time. However, one of the things that I begin to notice, especially in Texas A and M, is second down defense. Yes, Texas A and M averaged a first down on second down last weekend. 10.8 yards on second downs. That has to change this weekend, especially you got to keep Georgia off schedule, behind schedule, behind the chains on first and second, setting up third and long. I talk about the importance of that in terms of, of making their QB uncomfortable on the road, hostile environment, the importance of winning first and second down. Yeah, um, the second down defense has been a problem for Auburn, allowing teams to get into third and short despite the good numbers on third down. When Auburn has been able to force teams into third and five or more, they've had a pretty high success rate. But on those third and shorts, it's been mixed. So um, we just got to figure out, and we've been really good on first down, which is what's so crazy. It's like the first down defense has been good for most games. We're holding teams, I don't even know what the average is, but I'm just kind of going off of memory here. In that last game, they were you know less than four yards on first down typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that second down, man, we for, for whatever reason, we play a good first down and then we take a, a down off. And I don't know if it's the calls that are happening on second down, but something's got to change in the way that we're defending on second down to allow us to be able to get into more manageable third down scenarios for our defense. Um, And if we can do that, I think that we'll have a higher probability of doing some real things. Yeah. And what was especially frustrating, Ike, is there were a few false start penalties early in the game for A&M. So they were putting themselves behind the chains and would make it up on a first down or second down to put to set them up for a third and short, which was very frustrating. So hopefully we're able to uh, eliminate that this weekend at home. Mike G, talk about the defense expectations here. Uh, the defense definitely has been keeping up their, their end of the bargain, but thoughts on Auburn's defense going into this weekend? Uh, well, they missed 15 tackles last week, so that's got to yeah. get better, right? They can't, they yeah. can't. 15 tackles. Um, what I'm what, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the line. I'm looking at the linebackers this week and how they rally to the football. Uh, guys, Carson Beck has thrown 129 passes so far this year. 87 of them have been like five yards or or in or behind the line of scrimmage. So he is dumping the ball off quite a bit. 
And what that says to me is Auburn's got to get to the football, man. They got to rally to the football. Uh, and you've got to force him to try to force to throw the ball upfield where he is significantly less accurate. So, um, you know, he's having a he's having a decent season on the year, you know, at 72 percent. Um, but like I said, a, a great number of those passes are just short dump offs or check downs. Right. Keep the ball in front of you. Tackle well and don't give up the big play. Now, I think you can keep this Georgia team in check for the most part. So they're man. Listen, it's clear to me when you look at his passing chart that they're managing him this year. They're 100 percent managing him this year. Uh, and the big play down the field is. I mean, it's not been super abundant for them this year. You take that off the board, right, and keep things in front of you, and you've got a shot in this one. They have start, They have not scored more than seven points in any first quarter so far this year. So they've been starting slow. They had two first quarters where they scored a touchdown, a uh, field goal in one, and, ap- and zero in another. <laughs> Get after the man. So the, the defense has been playing well, and, and if you can force them to what I would say – Weakness on strength, which would be their downfield passing game versus Auburn's secondary, you have a chance to create some parity in this one, man, and get some turnovers and get your offense the ball back. Win the time of possession like you did last week. So when he dumps those off, you know, are the linebackers getting to the football, right? And even the DBs as well, too, rallying to the football, keeping things in front of them tackling well. In the first couple of games, Auburn looked fast to the football on defense. Mm-hmm. They did. That's got to continue on Saturday, I think, if you want to keep this one close, uh, because you have to you got to make it a game at halftime, and you got to do that by keeping them off the scoreboard. It can definitely be done, because we've seen it done multiple times already this year. Lesser teams have done it. Where they looked pretty mediocre for a quarter and a half to start the game. Offensively, I have not. From what I've seen from Carson Beck, I you know I, I can't say he's really finding his stride so far. Four games in, they're just giving him a ton of just really easy check down type throws. Hell, they've got the easiest schedule in almost all of college football. <laughs> so you have a you have a chance to be the toughest defense I think that he's seen so far this year. Uh, that, I mean, definitely, we're, we will be the best defense he's right. seen so far, and, and, and rattle him some. You know, uh, you know, this is a first year starter here, guys. Get to get to this young I guy, think, man, and shake him up. I think you mentioned something, Mike, about how he's done when pressured. Uh, Beck has actually done fairly well so far this season when when pressured. Yeah, yeah he's forty five percent. Yeah, he's forty five percent. He's got two touchdowns, but when he's been blitzed, he's seventy percent. Okay, right. Like when he's been blitzed, he's seventy percent when blitzed. So that's pretty good. And uh, but I'm telling you what's happening is, is that they're calling a ton of like little screens. And, and, and like I've said, he's getting to his check down option a lot. And I'll yeah. give him credit for that. Right. That's what he's doing. He's dumping the ball off 32 for 35 behind the line of scrimmage so far this year. Just yeah, yeah. dump it off to the running backs and let the athletes do their thing. <laughs> Have y'all watched? Doing? Have y'all watched a good bit of Georgia? Like, what what are they doing in the second half as opposed to what you've seen in the first half when they start slow? What what, what has it been? Anything consistently that they've been doing to, to, to begin pulling away from teams? They'll Obviously, have, go ahead. They'll have drive stall out, right? I mean, in the first half, and and you know, not really doing anything different in the second half from what I can see. It's just working no, better. But I say strategically, it they they look the same first and second half. Second the half, only yeah. thing, what I will say is. For whatever reason, their defense gets a lot more stingy when they come out of halftime, and they're mm-hmm. giving the offense short feels a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they're yep. getting more takeaways in the second halves of games, especially in that third quarter. Um, and so, like, I don't, I, I, and not to say that their defense has played poorly because they haven't given up a ton of points in the first half of games, which has right. allowed them to be able to have those stellar second halves and not be worried. But for whatever reason, the other team comes out of halftime feeling okay. And then they do something stupid. And right, it's right. like it's an avalanche after Three. that. I will say this. Carson Beck is not holding on to the ball very long this year. He's got one of the shortest times to throw in the league, if not the shortest. All right. 2.33 seconds on average. Uh, for comparison, uh, in some of the better years that we've seen, 
uh, Kyle Trask was like a like, like a two point three eight. You know, Mac Jones was like about two point four. These guys, you know, that extra, you know, and Payne Thorne is like three seconds. So, you know, getting the ball, there's a correlation between getting the ball out of your hand, right, and some of these pressure rates that we're seeing. He is only under pressure 13.5% of his dropbacks. That's nuts. If that number holds through the end of the season, that's, I think that might be the best I've ever seen. Uh, uh, but he, you know, I think, again, you can attribute that to them, credit to them offensively and how they're calling plays. They're getting, they're, they're finding ways to get the ball out of his hands quickly. So he's making quick decisions. He's not holding on to the ball and he's doing it at a 72% clip. So you got to get you, uh, even getting to him, I think will be difficult the way they're calling offense. So, I mean, are you squatting on the shorter routes then? Yes, 100%. Take it away, keep the ball in front of you and make them push the ball up the field. Which they've shown a willingness to do. He just hasn't hit very many of them. Like yeah, yeah, he's, he's overthrown. Not very good at. He, he's he's overthrown quite a few deep sh- that were wide. Like the I watched the UAB game. He had dudes running with like ten yards on receivers, and he just flat out overthrew them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's like five of twelve or something deep. But they played some really bad teams, and I think that you know those the, a lot of those bad throws Ice talking about should be interceptions, turnovers versus Auburn. Or much lo- or batted balls, right? Like a much lower percentage versus an actually good secondary. Mm. So you know Carson Beck here, man. I'm telling you, if you can limit you, you can limit him, but you got to force them to do something they don't want to do offensively, and that's push the ball up the field. So far, I mean, that's what the numbers show. How how critical how critical will the rush will the rush defense be in this game? Uh, potentially setting up to where it's, it's second and long, third and long. How critical would the run defense be in this game, you guys think? Uh, super critical. And here's why. Because uh, you can't let them control this game on the ground if you're Auburn. Right. You can't. You need as many offensive possessions as possible <laughs> and this one. Because we don't know how Auburn's going to start. But if they follow suit on what they've done so far this year, it's going to be a long day if you let them do that. You can I mean, I think... That's the one thing you you can't let them dink and dunk you to death. Because to me, that's like your short passing game can be like a running game if your quarterback is ac- accurate enough. Picking up three, four yards here and there every pass, and you're always in, in third and short. Can't let that happen. They can't be third and super manageable most of this game. We're going to get it. You need to force them into a good amount of third and sevens, third and eights or longer. Right, and shorten that playbook of just a little bit for Bobo. And then hopefully we see Auburn Bobo come back. <laughs> Except for this time it helps Auburn. <laughs> so I I I just I I'm lo- I'm looking at Carson Beck here, man. I think you have to take advantage of the noob, man. Get after him, right? And and the, and the, for those guys, you know, uh they've been capitalizing in the secondary when they've had chances to pick the ball off. Man, those turnovers can will be so critical to keeping your team in this one. You cannot miss those shots when they come. He will throw some right at you. Now, he only has, I think, one interception on the year, but that's because, I mean, it, it's not because there haven't been opportunities. People just haven't been good enough to pick it off. He's had a few turnover-worthy plays so far this year. Get to him, but they're but they're managing him, dude. I'm telling you, they're keeping him from putting the ball in harm's way with the play calling. It is pretty clear. Yeah, for sure. Like it's pretty clear. So I, I, I keep it, keep the ball in front of you. Pursue the ball, tackle these backs, man, and then try to get in there and get a sack or two and, and get after him. You know, in terms of sacks, let me see here. He's taken only three sacks on the season, four games in. They're getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's hard been to get very to. risk averse too. Like he's yeah. like, man, I'll, I'll just throw it away. I think they they've coached him well enough to say, if it's not there, just throw it away, man. Mm-hmm. Georgia receivers do have six drops on the season, though. They drop some easy stuff too, bro. Like yes, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm tell- I'd like to say attributing to slow starts. Yeah. All right. Right. So they can start slow in this one. And if you're Auburn, you could, you know, we'll talk about the offense in a second. But the first half of this is just making sure that this is you're not the team they finally start fast against <laughs> in your house. 
Literally, four straight games, guys. They haven't scored more than a touchdown. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Auburn can't be the team where they find 21 in the first quarter. I'll be so disappointed. <laughs> right. 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 Ike, let's bring back up and look at the Auburn offense. Oh, boy. <laughs> be positive. Brian. Yeah. He's excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, a few things here. Uh, Georgia ranks 17th in the nation, fourth in the SEC in rush defense, allowing 87 yards per game, as you can see nasty. on the graphic here. Another thing to keep note of, Auburn has a .392, third, uh, about 39% third down conversion percentage, high for 82nd in the nation. So that has to improve, but Georgia ranks ninth in the nation, second in the SEC, only allowing a successful conversion, almost 26% there. Something has to give. We talked about, and one of the things that Mike, Ike, y'all have talked about on the morning drop this week is obviously we were not fans of how they utilized Peyton Thorne. And obviously we've seen Auburn try to run the ball, have some success, but it would, it would lead to third and long situations. And if the, not a rhythm has been set up with Peyton Thorne, those drives usually stall out is usually ends up being a three and out. If Georgia's run, obviously Auburn wants to run the ball at some point this weekend, but if you're prioritizing getting your QB into rhythm, what should be the strategy this weekend on your early downs? as it pertains to establishing a rhythm, maybe even winning your first down, getting to a second and short. What should be the, what, what do you think the strategy would be? Or what are you expecting to see this coaching staff do differently than what they've done in the past few weeks? I talked about how they, uh, Georgia is managing Carson uh, Beck. Yes. Uh, I would like to see some, if you're sending Payne Thorne out there first, I'd like to see some better management of him. Quite honestly, uh, you know, I know it's been a mix of things. It's not all one thing that is the dysfunction. You know, Q Freeze talks about, you know, how the quarterback gets way too much blame when the offense is not going well. And I think that that's still true here, uh, that he's getting way too much blame. But I think that a good portion of that falls on the coaching staff as well, too. Right. I mean, his blame, I see Ike's face. I think his blame is well-deserved. Uh, so I, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not, say, I wouldn't go way too much. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But yeah, I would too. Uh, but, he just you know, doesn't deserve all of it. That's all what, of I, what yeah, I'll yeah, agree yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, 100. It's, it's not just put a better quarterback in and the offense and, and, is going to start coming along. Yeah, yeah, right. that's, that's not it, right? Um, but, uh, you know, you, I think, it, again, it starts with what they're asking him to do. And so that's where I start. Every single time. What are they going to ask Peyton Thorne to do in this game? What you've put on tape so far, similar to how I felt about how uh, AM was going to attack Auburn defensively, I feel the same about Georgia. The only difference is Georgia may feel like they can get pressure on the quarterback rushing only their front four. Yes, they will feel like that. They're going <laughs> to they're, so they're, this, they're gonna try this is that. what they did against South Carolina and mm-hmm. UAB. They were like, all right, we're... Th- talk about adjustments defensively is where they've been making the adjustments. Like I said, like first half, the defense is basically playing base and they're just feeling like, all right, we got the athletes. We're just going to go out here and bully you guys around and we'll be fine. And if it doesn't work and the other team starts putting up points, that's when they start to turn up the pressure and they're like, all right, let me start sending some more stuff. We're going to do more stunts, more exotic things. Um, And they've got really good defensive linemen, right? So I, I understand why they feel that way, but Second half, that pressure starts to ratchet up a little bit for them. They haven't been great at getting to the passer as far as getting sacks, but they have been good at getting pressure. Right, right, agreed. So yeah, look, I'm, that's that's primarily what I'm looking at here. I'll let the guys you know chime in on this, but um, I think what it comes down to for them offensively, right? Auburn 197. That came down a little bit. They were leading the SEC in rush yards per game at 215 before last week. Obviously, those averages took a hit. Um, but you've got to find a way to get 225 to 250 through the air <laughs> with Payne Thorne's arm, and you got to hit 200, and you need about 450 yards of offense in this one to have a shot, right? Uh, win the time of possession again, right? They won it by five minutes 
versus AM and only mustered three points offensively. So you've got to find the end zone as well, too. I mean, I, you know, the defense did their job, man. They got the offense the ball back. Um, so the total offense has got to be well north of this average that we see here. That's got to get better. You know, uh, you know, in this league, if you're under 400 yards per game, you're not in the top third of the league. You're definitely not in the top third of the league. So that's 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 one thing to watch here. And then obviously uh, converting on third down. That was not a good stat for all. It's not listed here, but that was not a good stat for Auburn. Um, But that's more about not being in third and manageable. They didn't have a ton of manageable third downs. It was a lot of just getting behind the chains, getting behind the chains, and then trying to make make up and play Euro ball. So, uh, you know, you've got to manage this team. You've got to manage the quarterbacks. I'm talking about the quarterbacks because that's what I think Georgia is going to try to make Auburn do. Right? They're not going to want you. They're not going to want to let Auburn establish establish the run at home. Right. Already got the crowd right, so they they want to get the ball back to their offense as many times as they can, which means stop the run, force force the throw, and if he connects on enough of those throws, you loosen them up just a little bit, right? So that where if your defense can create some opportunities and give your offense a short field, that's how you stay in this one, and then anything can happen in the fourth quarter. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. We've seen it year after year. Get to the fourth quarter, man. If you're Auburn's offense, get this team to the fourth quarter with a shot, within a score. They're not built to come from behind. But, you know, if the defense is balling and it's one score and, you know, a miracle is needed, prayer, Jordan Air, two, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I, I just, what I want to see, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, I think that there is, now, here's where I will agree with you, Freeze. There is a huge talent gap here, right? Like, uh, but but Georgia's got that with almost with ninety seven percent of college football. Yeah, <laughs> they've I been mean, recruiting the, so well. The, the gap is really more so in the depth, right? And we're seeing mm-hmm. that specifically uh, with our defense. When that yep. first line of guys is down, can you just next man up it? And that's going to be the more difficult thing for Auburn uh, along the offensive line as well. Like, are we going to be able to plug in some guys that have been hurt or not playing as uh, like we needed them to? Uh, But the thing I really want to see Auburn do offensively in this game is go with more tempo, figure out a way to get into the, because we just haven't seen that yet. Like that was the thing that, that, we heard all offseason about that was given our defense fits. When we got into our tempo, we were able to get an, out there and not not just tire out the defense, but outflank them and get them in positions where they weren't able to really adjust quickly enough. We have not seen that so far this season, really. And I want to figure out, I want them to figure out how we can get into that. I do understand that that a lot of that has to do with picking up first downs and then you want to try to pick up the pace, but we haven't even seen them really on longer drives get into tempo. They're still moving really slowly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what's the reason for that slow operation. Um, and, you know, Georgia actually has at times this year struggled with teams that have gone tempo. South Carolina gave them some problems when they went tempo against them. UAB gave them some problems when they started going tempo against them. It's not a, you know, foolproof thing. Georgia's still a really good defense as evidenced by the the final outcome. But I do think that finding ways to get into your tempo stuff can give you some advantages sometimes. So we need to figure out, is there a way for us to get into that mode against them this weekend? Yeah. Based on what we've seen in Auburn's passing game, what what kind of passing attack can Auburn utilize to loosen up the Georgia defense so that we can open up lanes for our running backs? Uh, the hook curl area. So that's the short middle mm-hmm. yep. is really where Georgia has been giving up most of their stuff. Um, if you're going to be able to just kind of dink and dunk them, the little outside stuff, they've been on that really easily, right? Like you've got to set that up a little bit better uh, but you've got to figure out how to work the seam areas and the stuff in the middle of that Georgia defense because they're going to try to force everything outside on you because they can rally and tackle really well. They'll just use the defender as an additional um, defender and mm-hmm. and try to force you in that direction. So you've got to figure out how to work that hook curl area, that middle seam area on Georgia's defense in order to be effective. And you can't, and, and this is the thing, like you 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 can't be afraid, and this has been, what been the biggest problem for all of our quarterbacks. This is not exclusive to Peyton Thorne. You can't be afraid to make mistakes over the middle when you know you've got guys that are there. Mm-hmm. 
That trust has to be there with those wide receivers. Throw them the freaking football. Let them catch it. Again, I I want our quarterbacks not to make foolish decisions over the middle of the field. But if there's a guy who's open, get him the freaking ball and let him catch it, man. Yeah. Jay Fair and Rivaldo Fairweather need to get the ball in this one. Get the ball in their hands and let them make plays. Dude, five and six had a total of four targets last week. Two for Javaris, two for... Uh, 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 Jay, that's crazy. You literally called them your best receivers. So you've got to scheme up getting them the ball. And part of that with those passes that Ike is talking about is going to be about getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Those are plays that happen fast, right? Where you, you throw, you got to be, and you have to be accurate. But again, it's throwing with anticipation, though, and that's yep, the thing right. that that none of these quarterbacks have wanted to do. Now, uh, well, let me not say none of them. Holden Garner, when he got in the game, he has no problem throwing with anticipation. Right? Yeah, yeah, he'll but, let it rip. But the but Thorne and Ashford, when they've gotten into the game, they've not thrown with very much anticipation, except for I'll, I'll give an except for the deep shot that uh, the two deep shots that Robbie took, both of those were very anticipatory throws. Neither of those receivers, when he decided to make that throw were open and he went ahead and let it go deep to both of those guys. But I'm talking about when you've got those comeback routes, those hooks in the middle of the mm. field and they sit down in that zone, you've got to throw that with anticipation, especially if you are going to be releasing the ball the way Peyton Thorne has been as far as his velocity You've got to get and and you got to throw with some more anticipation yeah. if you're not going to increase your tempo. Correct. Yeah, because if you if you if you throw lazy passes over the middle of the field, pick. Yeah, it's either going <laughs> to get right. picked or you're going to get a, a receiver a killed. killed. Yeah. yeah right. So yeah, you've got to you got to throw zip. You got to throw with with pop and anticipation over the middle of the field. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. And I, I think for Thorne, I would lean more anticipation than pop. Correct. Yeah, Robbie's got an arm to be able to do that. Yeah, He's he just got to trust it and see it. Um, it but for, for Robbie, I think the problem, and again, this is not exclusive to Robbie, is actually because Robbie's not played enough for this to be a conversation about him. The issue for Peyton Thorne, because he's not thrown with anticipation, is he's waiting to see it open. He's yeah. waiting till he sees a guy break open. And it's like, you've got to, hey, man, again, let the receiver be the wrong one in that situation. Hey, coach, he was supposed to be there and turn around at 10. I let it go and he wasn't there. Do your job and and trust them that they're going to do their job. And I know the stats aren't going to look good for you when you have those incompletions in those scenarios. But I'd rather see that than see him take multiple sacks because he refused to do it. Yeah. B, any thoughts, man, on Auburn's offense? What do you expect to see? I want to see passes completed. That's what I want to see. I, I, I don't actually bemoan the play calling as much as, as Mike and Ike have because I saw the play calling create open wide receivers and opportunities for catches to be made. I just, it sounds so simple. Like, would you just hit the wide receiver, please? I don't know what, what's in Peyton Thorne's head. Whatever they thought they had in Peyton Thorne coming in, whatever they saw on the tape when they broke it down, they thought that they had something uh, where he could do these things. I don't think they would give him things that he couldn't do. And to Hugh Freeze's point and JG's excellent question, he's obviously executing the game plan in practice, right? So you should be able to go out there and do it. But he's not doing it. So if I give you this to do, I think it'll work. You go out there, it's an open opportunity, and you don't do what you did in practice. I don't I don't, I don't really know. I, I think it's okay. Not okay. Okay is not the right word. I understand why you don't change starters this week. It makes complete sense why you don't change starters this week. You wait. Yeah. You give whoever two weeks, a legit two weeks, whoever you choose to be the starter, and you have a, a much better opportunity to have them uh, a game plan that makes sense for them. Wide receivers practicing with them, getting first team reps for a couple of weeks, that makes a lot of sense. This week, I don't know. It's almost it almost sounded like Hugh Freeze was like, man. I mean, I can't change it now, but well, so I, I honestly, man, listening to Coach Hugh Freeze think talk, I think this was his his evaluation point the entire time. It, I think it was worse than what he thought it was going to be before mm. he had to go and make this decision. Mm. Um, but I think he was going to evaluate these first five games and get to the. He was just hoping that Texas A&M probably they could gut out a win there and it would be 
a less difficult or less forced decision. I should say not less difficult, a less forced right. decision coming in. Because listen, man, I mean, let's, we got to be honest when we're sitting here talking about it. It's, it's an unlikely scenario that the offense comes alive against Georgia. Georgia's a much better defense than any defense we face so far this season. For our offense to play better against a better defense means that we have done things that we've not done this the entirety of this season. Not impossible, right. unlikely scenario, right? Right, agree. So when you're talking about quarterbacks and the evaluation of that position in, in particular, because that's been a hefty portion of the issues with the offense, particularly in the power five games, you've got to have a conversation about that when you get to the bye week. So even in the games that Peyton Thorne has played well in Michigan state in those big games or that they've won, let me not say played well, that they've won. He's made some big throws late in those games, but he's always, he's, he's started slow in every, I've said this before. He starts slow in all of those games. He makes inexplicable decisions. He throws bad picks. He does stuff where you're just like, what is going on? And then somehow he comes alive late in those games to find ways to get it to guys. Now, again, Keon Coleman, uh, Reed, I can't remember what his first name is. Phenomenal receivers, right? Like guys who you can just put the ball in their area code. They're going to go get it. Right. I don't, I think we were hoping Shane Hooks would be one of those guys. Uh, we were hoping Jair Shorter would be another one of those guys for us. Nice. And we haven't seen that yet materialize. Uh-huh. Rivaldo Fairweather absolutely is one of those guys that we've just not done that with for for whatever reason. We've decided that when it's time to come up with a big throw on third and 25, rather than running Valdo on a seam route, we're gonna throw a tight end screen to him. Right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Like somebody's gotta explain that to me. Um but if you've got a guy who does that more prolifically and you need to be able to get stuff on in those scenarios, why not do that more often? Third and eight. Again, I talked about this earlier in this week. Auburn has averaged third and 10 or more in both of the power five games. All right, cool. On third and 10 or more, go run some back shoulders for two guys who can function and do back shoulders. You got Shane Hooks, you got Valdo Fairweather. Put Valdo in the slot split out, let him run a corner fade to the t- 10 yards, throw a back shoulder to him. What's what is, is that is, th- did they outlaw that? Are you not allowed to do that anymore? Mm-hmm. Is go pick up first downs with simple things. You got to run some elaborate, Ooh, we going to misdirection him into it. Like, no, it's not magic tricks, bro. It's football. Let's go play some smart football and just get the freaking first down and get onto the next drive. I mean, get onto the next play. So I just want to, I, I want to see us start, Start simplifying the game plan a little bit more. Simplify yeah. it, man. Like, like don't don't try to do. We don't we don't need magician offense. We need simple, smart offense to be able to win this football game. Prolonged drives. I don't care if they don't all end in touchdowns, but you need to keep your defense off the field a little bit more and go get some kind of points, and then put the pressure on Georgia to continue to score. I don't know, man. Auburn wins if blank, Ike. Wow. Uh, I think Auburn wins this football game if Auburn is able to be better than 50% on third down and we are able to score on 50% of our drives. Score. Now it'll have to be a touchdown. Score 50% of your drives. I think you win because I think that lets your defense stay um, off the field enough. B. Auburn wins if blank. I can't even say the turnover margin because we won that last game. While he's thinking, I'll go, Auburn wins if they score at least 24 <laughs> points, get three turnovers, and hold Georgia under 400 yards of total offense. Yikes, that's a lot. Yep, that's what they got to do. 400 yards do. of total offense, I think, is actually doable. You said at least three turnovers? Three turnovers. They need three Yikes. turnovers in this one. Yeah, I think. I think That's, that's going to be the tougher one, I think. Right, right. Which that's sounds crazy. That 24 points doesn't sound like the toughest one of those to me, but that the three turnovers all good. Right, right. Oh, hear me out. So the, the the turnovers, there's a causality between the turnovers and the points scored. A couple right. of those will be short fields where they can pick up a field goal or a touchdown quickly in this one or easily in this one. So 
If they can do that, then I feel like Auburn can win this game. Three turnovers. Make Carson Beck do something. Don't let him throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage 30 times. Hmm. B? I don't know how we win this game with Peyton Thorne in there, man. I'm going to be honest with you. He's going to play a better defense, and he's probably got he, – we're going to be at home. He'll have more pressure on him than he's had. And if the responsibility of of starting was supposed to, to calm him down, it didn't. A, a power five start on the road to, to settle your nerves, didn't. The whole game plan, when everything was supposed to be going for you, they they swapped you out the least they had ever swapped anybody out for Sanford and for Texas A&M. Didn't work. I don't know, man. Like, I, I have very little confidence with Peyton Thorns to start because we haven't seen anything to suggest. I wasn't, I wasn't down in the dumps like Mike was last week because I had the hope, like, all right, so you, you are an adult quarterback, two full years starting, coaching tree lineage, right? You 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 should be able to play this game. Like guys who are professional quarterback and offensive coaches saw your tape and said, "This guy knows what he's doing," and he hadn't done it. Some of his his wide receiver play, sure. Could some of it be offensive play calling? Sure, but I just when when you snap the ball and you're not under pressure and there's a guy running wide open, like at at some point. What you're being asked to do should be so basic. Like, hey, that, just like we drew it up, just let me uh, miss this wide open guy. <laughs> I, that, that game, what he showed during the Texas A&M game, it was as our running backs ran for five to five and a half yards per carry and made it possible for us to get some wide open looks at wide receiver, you can't miss there. And 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 I have a bunch of of faith in you. So yeah, I I don't know what it takes to win. Auburn wins this game if a different quarterback starts or plays for a significant chunk of the game. Yikes! Oof. And, and by different, he means even a different Peyton Thorn. No, that's not what I mean at all. I mean, um, <laughs> I'll be asking a whole a brand time. new Peyton Thorne uh, to walk out there. B, come on, man. He, I mean, he doesn't. And to, I'm a changed uh, man. Even in a, a, a little uh, bit of the defense, a little again. bit of defense of him is <laughs> born again. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> I can't even. Oh, I can't no, even talk. That's not, that's not what you meant. Okay. Right. He had. That's funny. Some familiarity, trust. It looked like if you watch a Michigan State tape, he did trust those wide receivers. Those wide receivers were, at the point he played with them, better than these wide receivers are at this point in their careers. I, yes. Okay. I get why he's better under those circumstances, but like, man, you don't have that here. All right. You clearly don't have that rapport with, with our wide receivers yet. And the ones who I thought you had good rapport with, Jay Fair, you're missing them. I don't. I don't know, man. Some, some, something's got to give. It's, we could make this a hell of a game, though. Honestly. Just from what I saw from the running game was encouraging. I don't even know how good Texas A&M uh, is against the run. Like, statistically, I didn't check them before we played them to see. Oh, what I was just worried about them passing versus our passing I defense. Had, I had those stats pulled up. But, like, we moved the ball well. And for a team who you like, all right, we don't really trust that that quarterback to throw. All right, well, let's shut down the run. Well, we still found yards on the ground. That's encouraging. You can control the game that way. I still think it's going to come down to, all right, well, we're third and two. We're third and three. We're third and four. Maybe we are third and five or six because Georgia's an, an excellent defense. Can you just make these one or two throws? You make that same throw? Was it? That wasn't to Luke D. That was up front. Make the make the throw, dude. Like he's right there. Instead, he getting tagged in the ribs. I'm running this route to get tagged in the ribs because you couldn't hit me in stride. You're supposed to be a, an adult. I'm sorry, y'all sound negative. I know. I have very I little confidence. Listen, listen, bro. Look, look, look. Be true to Based on what your I've seen. Are, man. Based <laughs> on what I've seen, I've got very little confidence. I'm way more positive than you this week. I took my lumps last week. This week, I have reason to be positive because I think that they can learn from what they did last week. They can. I'm like I said, 
it's not likely that yeah. we improve in one week against a better defense. Right. Not likely. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm. So, okay. Oh, so, so, so for, for the record, by the numbers, they're allowing 109 yards per game on the ground. Georgia is allowing 87. So they're, you know, 22 yards better per game on the ground. Oh, let's quantify some of that, too. Georgia has been decent on, uh, against teams running the ball. They have not been great. The reason why those rush numbers look so pathetic for most teams is they're playing from behind. So they abandoned mm-hmm. the run when they get into the third quarter. If oh, Georgia has not had to play four quarters of a team that has the option to really run the football. Right. So right. It, you've got to be able to take advantage of that early in the game. And, and hopefully our running backs will be something that they've not, because they haven't actually played against quality running backs either. Yeah. Let's be clear. Uh-huh. South Carolina, I mean, I'm not saying right. that South Carolina's run game is trash, but they're not really a physical run team. Neither is UAB. UAB's got some decent running backs that got off for a little bit. Not saying any of that. So Georgia fans, calm down. I'm not saying that we're definitely, we're just going to come out there and run the ball on y'all. Stop barking at your screens. I get it. Um, uh-uh. but, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, just wrapping it up real quick. Now, Auburn has one of the best pass defenses in the nation, right? Uh, right now, and only 164.5 yards per game allowed through the air. Uh, Georgia is at 195, so there's a little bit of a disparity there in terms of yards allowed. But you, we've got to be able to pass the ball. I mean, I got to be able to throw for almost 200 yards on them, and, and that's the improvement I think a lot of people will be looking for. And then, of course, there's points allowed per game where Georgia is allowing 11, a ridiculous 11.3. Auburn is allowing 16 points per game. You know, I don't know. Like by the numbers, yeah, I know. I know we're only four games in, but there's not a huge disparity in terms of what they're doing defensively, right? Offensively, I just think it comes down to the same thing. Can Auburn find three touchdowns somewhere with this same defense? And you've got a shot in the fourth quarter. I, I believe that. And you're at home. You have home field advantage. Get a little home cooking going. Literally anything. Are you asking? Are you openly asking for us to get cheated toward by the refs? <laughs> In this one, yes. However, they win. Remember when uh, when when uh, when Bo uh, spiked it backwards? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope Carson Beck does it. Except for we get it. <laughs> I hope every single bad thing that can happen to them in this game happens. And I'll have no shame. A win is a win. If it's close enough for those things to matter, you've played a good game.